Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Hey, and welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills. And hey, we appreciate you joining us for another show. Whether you're watching or listening, we thank you for doing so. Uh, today's show is going to be a little different. Uh, we've got, mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about how Armin approaches shoulder training and why. Also, yep. we're going to be talking about Armin does not recommend peanut butter for protein or as a food source. That one I'm interested in as well. So let's get this show started, Armin. Um, you know, learning about your shoulder training sounds like a good topic. Uh, if anybody's seen pictures of Armin, you've seen his shoulders. And good shoulder development, you know, makes your waist look smaller, I think. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Vince figured that out, too. So he, as he realized that. You know, if you got good wide shoulders and they're nice and round, it just makes the whole physique look really stout. So he always focused on that, too. <laughs> so, Armin, how often do you find yourself training your shoulders? Well, currently, I just train them once a week. I train oh, okay. my shoulders with my, with my biceps. Now, I have done them a lot of different ways. I just train my shoulders by themselves and mm -hmm. that kind of thing, too. But, you know, what you typically find have happening is when I'm doing my chest workouts and then my back workouts, I'm getting some front shoulder, I'm getting some back shoulder. So you're getting shoulder work with your other routines. So it's not like you're not going to, you know, be getting an effect right, um, right. from doing those exercises. You, so you do train them a little more often in general than just once a week. But, you know, I just want to kind of highlight that. <laughs> do you have a particular warm up that you do before you train your shoulders? Yeah, for any training I do, I really like to make sure I warm up the body to get the tissues good and warm. So mm -hmm. I'll either do a treadmill or elliptical or something like that just to heat the body up so I get good and sweaty. Uh, typically, that's going to be five to eight minutes. And again, just to kind of get the body ready for work. And then uh, after I do that, then before I even start lifting any weights, I'll do some arm circles and I'll do some windmills. Again, this is a different type of arm, arm circle. And then some crisscross, um, my arms across my body. But what mm -hmm. I'm doing here is I'm trying to get that bursar sac to lubricate and start putting some fluid into the joint. So I'm getting ready for the work. And, you know, I like to do that for, you know, typically two or three minutes. It's not a long time mm -hmm. before I start my first exercise. And I found this works really well for me. Well, speaking of exercises, I am kind of curious of, what type of exercises you typically start off with? Well, I feel it's uh, after trying a lot of different things, I feel it's important that, that you start out with a compound exercise. And this mm -hmm. is what you're doing here. You're trying to activate in a compound exercise. We'll talk a little bit more about it, but all you're trying to do is activate all the, it, the muscles in the area in general. That means, you know, your shoulder area, also your triceps, because they're going to be involved with pushing the weight. Uh, and that way, when you're starting out, you've, you've got the whole area, nice and warm and ready to do work. Absolutely. That sounds like a good plan to avoid injury. That is for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I am kind of curious. I'm sure everybody else is. What kind of compound exercises do you do for shoulders? 
Well, it, that's going to depend on what equipment you have to work with. And there's oh, a lot okay. of choices out there. Uh, but, you know, some of the basics are doing like a dumbbell shoulder press or a barbell shoulder press and even some of the different machines because they really have made the machines pretty good for working on the shoulders, I've found. So, uh, and I like the knowledge machines and the hammer machines, especially, uh, and the pre-core ones, which used to be out carrying, that's, they make a pretty good machine as well. Hmm, but, you okay. know, one of the things to keep in mind with your warm-up exercises uh, and your compound exercises, uh, as you get stronger... Uh, one of the things you're going to find is if you're doing dumbbells, it gets a little more dangerous uh, using heavy weight with dumbbells. Okay, because you got to get them okay. up in position. So that's one thing you want to keep in mind when you're when you're doing your shoulder movements. So what I typically would do there is, you know, since you know, unless I'm doing pre-exhaust work, I'm going to be using lighter weight that I can manage. Mm -hmm. I'll do a barbell or a machine specifically because I have a safe starting position and ending position by using those because they're going to be in a rack that I can unload the weight with without having to, you know, have my shoulders in a bad situation to unload the weight. Cause when you bring them up on dumbbells, you got to watch your shoulders, you're kicking the weight up and it can get a little messy. So that's one thing. And then um, uh, when you're doing compound exercises, um, you know, what a lot of people think is it's going to develop your whole shoulder. Mm -hmm. And I fully disagree with that. I used to believe that as well, because you got these people, it's like, oh, it's all about compound lifts. You do that, it's going to develop everything. And that's not true. If you want really good shoulders, and Vince mentioned this too, you're, it's not going to be just doing compound exercises that's going to do it. Because if you want to round out the back part of your delts and the side of your delts, you're going to have to do lateral movements of some type if you want to have nice white shoulders. Don't just think that doing a compound press it's going to solve all your shoulder needs. I just want to kind of highlight that. Okay. So Armin, how many sets and reps do you do on a typically for a week on your shoulders? Well, if I'm going real heavy, I'm going to do you know two to four sets, you know, as hard as I can trying to go to failure. And the, the, the rep scheme is going to vary from six to 10 reps. Again, I'm trying okay. to use as heavy weight as I can to keep that time under tension and quality. But I just found that that combination works really well for me. It does fatigue the air really, uh, really effectively. So depending on your energy level, you know, it may just be two sets to failure. Mm -hmm. uh, some days I'll be feeling pretty good. So I'll maybe increase that volume and go to four sets. It's just going to vary from workout to workout. Okay. Uh, for, for lateral movements, though, which are you know really a bread and butter exercise for your shoulders, I, I typically do a little higher rip skiing, not much, but like six to 12. I like that just because I'm using lighter weight and then I'm mm. really isolating when I'm doing that movement. So I want to have good control. Uh, and then with that, I'll do three to four sets because those are really what's going to help widen the shoulders by getting that outside the medial head of the shoulder to develop. And that's what Vince always focused on too, because that brings out that width, which makes that V taper look better. And then the rest of it will help to round them out with the other movements. So I also like to keep changing things up. Okay. Mm -hmm as well so i mean you know it's it's one of those things where you have a set routine but then depending on your feeling if you feel really good then you can just add a few more sets in but the target is to have it all done within my time limit so any training i'm doing i want to stay in that 45 minute window so even if i'm doing shoulders and biceps i'm going to probably just focus on 10 or 15 to 20 minutes in that particular scenario uh, as far as uh, the, that work well, that's a, a very detailed and good explanation. I'm sure everybody does appreciate that because, you know, uh, you want to get the right results. Now, 
I am curious, what exercises are you doing for different lateral races? Well, there's a lot of those to choose from. Um, but, you know, it, depending on what equipment you have to work with, it's another factor when, when, this, when you have this. So, you know, Vince was big on dumbbell lateral raises, um, and I like those. He, he came up with some really good ways to do them. Uh, I do think the machine lateral raise machines are really good. So you can adjust the seat accordingly, adjust the angles on them. So mm-hmm. That's a good fit. And then, you know, again, to mix it up using cables, uh, cables could be a little trickier, uh, but they can be also be very effective. The only thing I don't like about cables is most of the time they do one side and then switch to the other side. Um, but there are occasions when it's not too busy, you can do both sides and work the shoulder to both sides with using the whole cable, the cable crossover machine. Mm-hmm. That's one. So I really like to, to change all those up, though, focusing on machines one day and then maybe one day I'm doing dumbbells again. Uh, then I'll maybe go back to cables. So you want to keep that variety so you keep a good, fresh approach to when you're attacking the shoulders. Well, you just kind of alluded to a little bit, but I am kind of curious on how you approach your shoulder training with all this information you just gave us. Do you have a set routine or do you change it up like you just said? Well, that's the thing is when it comes to shoulder training, you know, you're going to get bored by doing the same old, same old. And a lot of people deal with that. So, you know, for me, I like to do supersets. I like to do tri-sets, which is three different exercises back to back with no rest, mm-hmm. giant sets, drop sets, and even cluster sets, just to name a few, to just shock them because the shoulders are a very durable muscle So because you use them all the time. So that's one of the reasons I do that. And then, you know, Vince also had good strategies, which I like, is you, how to use upright rows the right way because a lot of people do them wrong. But if you do them the right way, it's a nice shoulder developer as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you know, Armin, I know your normal workout, you like around 45 minutes. How much time do you spend training your shoulders? In general, which, you know, that's a pretty good question. Uh, I don't like to do too much uh, long-term volume. So I typically going to do 15 to 20 minutes, but I'm going to hit them really intensely. And then with short rest periods, because that gives Mm -hmm. a lot of intensity. And again, I just find I respond better, recover better. And the strength is good. So that's kind of how I approach it. Doesn't mean you can't, you know, maybe do a little bit more, but I just found that you know, if I train my shoulder for 45 minutes, it just didn't do much more for me. So I'd right, stay in that right. 15 to 20 minute range for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're kind of running out of time. Any final thoughts to wrap up? Yeah, I would say that, you know, if you're getting into your shoulder training, you want to learn more, you know, Vince created some some of the best dumbbell exercises you can do to round out your shoulders. And then he really created the, the right way to do upright row movements. And there's a lot of debate on upright rows. So people, oh, it's going to cause an impingement. Oh, it's going to cause this problem. If you do them correctly, no, it's not. I mean, you got these people like Athlean mm-hmm. X and these other uh, gurus out there. And if you look at their shoulders, they're not the same as mine. So, you know, when you're taking advice, you know, look at the people who have good delta development. And Vince had great delt development and he knew what to do. So, uh, and he created the back and forth press, which again, some people are going to be, oh, that causes an impingement on the shoulder. It's not designed to go super heavy. It's designed to fatigue the muscle area. So there's great shoulder development work that's available out there and to help your development. So just keep that in mind when you're getting ready to attack them and look up some of the, you know, Vince's, you know, like the wild physique and other, uh, different uh, like masters, master series, and the pro series. He's got good explanations about your how to do shoulder work. 
anyway. Okay. <laughs> no, really good information, and uh, we definitely appreciate that. We're going to hear uh, a quick word from NSP Nutrition, so Armin and I will be right back. NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, and welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Echelbarger. I'm Frank Mills, and we had a great first segment. Armin gave us a lot of great information. One thing Armin and I were talking about during the break was, hey, what about some documentation on where you can get your shoulder training information? We were talking about Vince Garanda himself. So, Armin, can you offer a couple of specific items that are on NSP Nutrition that uh, they can go out and get the resources for this shoulder training? Sure. Like I, I briefly mentioned before we concluded that, you know, the the WOW physique has a lot of really good uh, demonstration of pictures and stuff in that. Mm, so if you okay. want a lot of that, that's good. You can still get good descriptions from the master series and the pro series where it explains how to do the movement. But if you want to see, see uh, like an actual picture of it, you, then you would want to do that. So uh, with the WOW physique, it's probably one of the better periodicals. And if you join Vince's gym, there's, there's some video there that demonstrates how to do these exercises as well. If you decide hmm. to do Vince's gym. <laughs> there you go. And don't forget your protein powder because that milk yeah. and protein will help that shoulder development. Uh, it's amazing oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, on with the show. Uh, let's get into talking about peanut butter. Now, Armin does not recommend peanut butter for protein or as a food source. A lot of people like peanut butter. So, Armin, what's the deal? What's wrong with peanut butter? All right. So, I've done a, you know, I ended up researching that for different reasons. And what I've ended up finding, and, you know, there'll, there'll always be some debate, just could stir some things up. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the reason I'm even bringing it up is you see a lot of these nutritionists, dietitians, and other experts, so to speak, talk about, you know, eating peanut butter, you know, great source of protein. Right. Uh, you know, has all these, uh, you know, has some fat in it and this kind of stuff. Uh, and, you know, even recommending it to add in their calories. Uh, and at the end of the day, when I looked into it, uh, it's a big mistake. So I, mm. I don't recommend it. Okay. Because it's not as great a food source as people make it out to be. And it's also cheap. Okay. And there's a reason for that too. So, <laughs> well, Armin, you are totally impacting the world of peanut butter and jelly sandwich lovers. I mean, this is a big deal here, um, <laughs> but I am kind of curious. So let's dig a little deeper. Um, let's start with peanuts, you know, cause that's the yeah. root of it all. Um, right. What should people know about peanuts, Armin? Well, uh, after doing some research, you know, it's a very heavily polluted food source. And then you had a, you know, long, uh, several years back, you had where it was causing all kinds of uh, uh, issues because it, they, they, can, they, had, they got contaminated. But the way they treat and handle peanuts is not good. So it's a heavily polluted, polluted food source is some of the things I read. Now, wow. let it be okay. as it is, okay, but even if it wasn't, 
then the things I also learned is they're high in omega-6 and omega-9 oils. And the problem with those, those cause inflammation. So if you're eating that like a regular on a regular basis, then this is going to typically going to lead to joint problems. I found so many people hmm. that have joint problems. I started asking them questions about their nutrition and they're supplementing with peanut butter all the time. And as soon as I take them off of that, bam, it starts, it clears it right up. So, and again, the point being here is people making this part of their daily or even five times a week, three times a week routine of nutrition I don't recommend that. Now, I'm not, you can have peanut butter from time right. to time, but we're talking about what people are actually using it for. And so that's why I wanted to kind of bring this up. I mean, on top of that, with the, uh, the inflammation part of it, the protein efficiency ratio of peanut butter, everybody says it's a great source of protein, mm -hmm. is lower than soy protein. So wow. don't kid yourself and thinking, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting good protein. So it, it's worse than soy protein. So that's why it's not a big win to be putting that into your shake or putting it, you know, using it as an additional source of food. Okay. I mean, there is some fiber and there is some fat, but I'm talking about the things that aren't good for you. And that's what the whole point of it is. And then mm. on top of that, you know, because they're pretty high in phosphorus, that also affects your uh, zinc and your uh, iron levels to, to the absorption of it. So, I mean, you get phosphorus wow. from meat, but having the peanut butter in there is not going to help those areas. So again, it affect that. So again, the high phosphorus will affect your absorption of zinc, which is important for testosterone development, and then iron, which you need for everything in your system. Wow, that's that's a lot of really, I hate to say, damaging information <laughs> for the peanut butter industry. Uh, but know. you know, we don't want to intake that stuff. It at least on a daily basis, it's bad for you. But I, I am kind of curious because. A lot of people who watch the show want to get into the details. This, let's say the statistical information. So yeah. do you have any information regarding any statistics or anything like that with peanut butter? Okay. So for example, like two tablespoons of, mm -hmm. tape of peanut butter, which typically is going to have some sodium added to it, some salt for preservative, you know, that's going to equate to about 190 calories. And of that, you're going to have 16 grams of fat. Again, the fat's not really a big deal. Uh, the sodium, you, 136 milligrams of sodium. So if you're watching sodium, you know, it's not a lot, though. But right. again, that's the stuff to keep, keep in mind. Your carbohydrates are going to be 8 grams. So it's a little higher in carbohydrate. I do have 2 grams of fiber, so I'll neutralize that 8 grams to 6 grams of carbohydrate. That's for 2 tablespoons. And most people okay. eat more than two tablespoons. Okay. Right. So that's right. another factor. So you're getting a few more carbs than you may want, depending on what your strategy is. And then you know, you have the seven grams of protein, but that protein is really questionable. Mm -hmm. So that, that's really what your statistics are for like two tablespoons of peanut butter. So Armin, look, I, I grew up eating peanut butter and jelly. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> and I still occasionally have one. You know, it's a craving thing now. You gotta Man, okay, that sounds pretty good, but I'm curious. So you don't eat peanut butter at all? Again, that's not what I'm really saying. Oh, okay, you, okay. You can have peanut butter from time to time, but just understand that if you start having it on a regular basis, like a lot of people I see what I'm working with, what they're doing. I mean, I got a client just the other day. I mean, you know, he's putting peanut butter in a shake to give him some extra calories to fill him up because he's trying to gain weight. And I'm just like, 
and you know, he's in his late thirties. I'm like, dude, that's not going to help you long term. So switch it out. So, mm-hmm. but you know, I like having a but- peanut butter cup and things like that from time to time. But it's not going to yeah. be a, that often. Okay, maybe once yeah. a month or once a you know once a maybe every couple of weeks or something or or less. But that's kind of what I'm getting at. Don't make peanut butter part of your nutrition strategy. Gotcha. Like a lot, like gotcha. A lot of people are doing. Gotcha. Okay. And that makes perfect sense. Moderation, right? Um, I am kind of curious, though. People are going to ask, well, look, if I can't have peanut butter like I'm having it now, I'm putting it in my shake, whatever. What do you have as a replacement or some substitution levels for peanut butter? Well, there's, there's, there's several of them out there. So it's not a, it's not a deal breaker. So, okay. you know, you have, there's really good stats on almond butter and almond butter is really good for you. Uh, you have walnut butter, you've got hazelnut butter, walnut pecan butter, butter mm-hmm. cashew okay. butter. So you, you've got some variety. That just depends on your taste buds mostly. Right. We'll say this though, the cashew butter has more carbohydrates in it. So you want to kind of keep that in mind if you're going to, if you want to supplement with that. Now, obviously, those are not as cheap as peanuts, so there's going to be a little True. more expense involved. But at the same time, you don't need that much, So, but it can improve your quality of, uh, of your nutrition if you want to in- in- integrate those into your, your protocol. Um, now, I will say this, too. Some of these butters are going to be a little drier in texture. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to make sure you understand that. And depending on your preference, keep that in mind. So you want to kind of compare them they are drier um, but there's also a lot of quality fiber and fats because you get more omega-3s from these these actual nuts because the thing is is a peanut is not a nut it's a root so there's a there's a difference there anyways but hmm. you know, just what we're talking about though right um, right that's why nut butters are, are really good for you they have good quality fats and they have some decent protein uh much better than peanut butter um and you know we're not talking a huge bread here though but at the same time i feel it's a better food source for you because you get the omega-3s helps keep inflammation down and you got quality fats and some protein there so there you go yeah yeah and i don't know a whole lot of people that don't like the taste of peanut butter so i'm kind of curious about the taste about some of these other things have you tried them all and how's the taste with those well like anything taste is going to be a personal matter for most people mm-hmm. um, I, I like most nuts so i enjoy eating them no matter what but okay as far as the actual butters that are made all i really use is almond butter and then the cashew butter and they were great so i like them um but i you know i can't comment on the other ones i've never had walnut butter and pecan butter and those you know that i could say okay yeah this is what happened but i do know that the ones i did have i mean you know, again, they're a little drier, a little bit different texture, mm-hmm. but they are good. So, I mean, it tastes good. Well, I think you'd get in a lot of danger on the cashew butter. And if they had a macadamia butter, uh, oh boy, <laughs> look out, right? But, uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be dangerous. But look, I, I know a lot of people, as you had mentioned, add the peanut butter to their shake. And yeah, it, well, it's I, been, that, yeah. yeah, very popular. Even if you go in a lot of places to order a protein shake, yeah. there's lots of shake places. They'll put the peanut butter in there. Um, so yeah. I'm kind of curious, what's your opinion on adding peanut butter to your shake? 
I don't recommend it. I mean, okay. it's just to me, it's it's not gonna, it's not that much helping you. So, and if it's not gonna help you, then then why? That's like eating processed food. Why eat it if it's not gonna help you? Right. I mean, peanut right. butter is processed food. No matter what you want to say, it is. It's processed food. It's man-made, and here you go. Um, now it's more natural than other processed food. I'll give you that. But um, there's no reason to add that into the shake if you're trying to improve your results. So that's my point. Right. You use right. peanut butter to expect to improve your results because, again, what it's going to typically do is add inflammation. It's not going to help your recovery as much, and it affect, it's going to basically affect your joints. And mm -hmm. I've seen this happen a lot. So again, this is just my points on it, but if it were me, I would definitely go with almond butter or something like that and throw some of that in there, and mm -hmm. you're going to get a better return for, uh, for what you're doing. That, that's just my thoughts on it. Well, the thing that I did, just to let you know, uh, and this is before you and I had talked about peanut butter, is I know there's, just like every other brand, there's lots of brands out there, some really yeah. terrible peanut butters that families are buying for their kids and they're just awful. They're just awful. Oh yeah. And, and then they've got at least higher quality or more naturally made peanut butters that are supposed to be better. But mm -hmm. now you've got me going, okay, well, if I'm going to have peanut butter, it's going to be every once in a while. I'd rather go with almond butter or cashew butter at this point. Yeah. Something that's better for me. That makes sense. Yeah. But um, as we wrap up here, Armin, any final thoughts on peanut butter? Yeah, again, my, my whole point on this is, uh, and it's my opinion, but supplementing with peanut butter, I just, it's not a good idea because of what I've learned about it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it, I've seen it change people's not having joint problems and stuff. So that's the whole point of it. Don't make it something that's mainstream in your nutrition strategy. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point. So you can have it from time to time. And it's not going to be a deal breaker there. Don't get me wrong. But if you make it part of the staple of your nutrition program, you're, you're going to not get what you want, like what you think you're going to get from it. So that's the whole mm -hmm. point I wanted to make. And plus, okay. peanut butter is a cheap product. I mean, it's very inexpensive. And there's a reason for that. Yep. You know, processed yep. food is pretty inexpensive. And there's a reason for that. So Absolutely. <laughs> and, if you, and, it, and if you look at all the ingredients in peanut butter, it's amazing what they add into it to make it even worse. So we mm -hmm. get into that because that feels necessary because I just don't like it even in natural form. So yeah, that. absolutely agree. Um, I could get into horror stories about the cheap peanut butter, but I'm not going to do that. Man. We, we got a show to end, but Armin, <laughs> a lot of great information. Um, you know, for everybody who watched last week's, 50th episode yeah. we had a great time doing that but uh i just thought we'd offer the audience any updates on a contest winner yet well i i, I gotta apologize i didn't have a chance to look at it before we did the show for this week but uh, i'll be on that uh as soon as we get done and see where we're at with it i didn't see anything you know after it ran on monday but you know it's Monday, so how many people watch the show? Right. We'll, be, right. We'll, we'll give you an update, and hopefully we got some some good responses there and uh, let you know. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. Now, if you do want to contact Armin or I, uh, yeah. have any feedback for the show, there's lots of ways to do it. You've got the QR codes right there on the screen. You can scan with your phone. 
You can contact yep. Arm and I directly. If you want to contact us via NSP Nutrition or contact NSP Nutrition, you can do so by commenting on the YouTube channel under mm-hmm. the show, or you can email directly at support at nspnutrition.com. And, you know, Armin, another great show, but we just want to thank everybody for taking us over that 1,000 mark. Oh, yeah. yeah. Subscribing to the show, watching the show, listening to it, sharing it. We really appreciate it. It means a lot. Yeah, I agree. It's it's make, makes things special, and we hope to keep providing good content so you guys get more more what you expect. So, absolutely. Well, thanks again for joining Armin and I for the show today, and join Armin and I next week for a brand new episode of the NSP Nutrition Show. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP show at the checkout. Catch you next time.